welcome back everyone to HTO. I, th I think we have, we've given you a lot of nostalgic pods of Rit late. We've given you some topical ones, but we're, we're delving into just a bit of a, a fun chat, really. I think this is talking about the Premier League's perfect player. Perfect player. And look, this is a debate that could go on all night, so we're not going to be dragged down by guests. Not that our guests drag us down, but you know what I mean. But I am joined by my co-host, Andrew, as ever. Andrew, how's it going? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Not too bad, thank you. Um, looking forward to this one. Fun, fun but very difficult. <laughs> yeah, and what I think we need to establish here, we've, we've had a few um, categories. <clears throat> we've been running online a series of polls, debates, talking points. Some have been really great debates as well for different elements of the perfect footballer. Who's got the best left footed shot? Who's got the best right foot? Who's got the best cross, the best free kick taker, the best penalties? And we're talking in Premier League history. So that can be a player right up to today or way back in the 90s. We're looking for the perfect player. And look, what we're looking for here is that particular element. We're not looking for the best players who did everything really, really well. That debate's for another day. It's a debate as old as time. We're looking for that individual thing that a player might have done fantastically. And we're going to amalgamate them into a Frankenstein footballer. Um, it's a bit of fun. It's a bit of fun. Um, who, what kicked off the poll? Was it? I think it was a left foot, wasn't it? Yeah, we, we started off with the left foot. Everyone loves a lefty, don't they? Um, and I, I guess there's two ways you can take both left foot and right foot. Is, is, are we talking cult, culture, passing range? Well, I guess we've got passing later. Or are we talking just an absolute banger of a shot? And I think it's a bit of both. Yeah, I think this was... This was some of the categories were were harder than others. I, I mean, we'll talk about speed in a in a little while, but speed was one for me that was like, well, it's someone like Thierry Henry, for example, who used his speed perfectly well with the skill at the same time, but is he as fast as Adama Traore? No. Yeah. Um, so I think it was, um, there's different sort of elements to these categories that you mentioned a minute ago, but um, with left foot, uh, well, in the poll, we had Van Persie, Giggs, David Silva, and then some others in the comments, um, Gareth Bale, Lauren Robert, Ian Hart, who was good at really good free kick taker. He might come up later. Um, and Giggs came out on top just with 34% um, ahead of Van Persie, not far behind. Um, I disagreed with the Twitter um, result. Um, for me, pure left foot, I probably would have, I'd, I'd have Van Persie in my Frankenstein. Yeah, pure left foot, it'd be up there. I've got to say, though, you, you've said Gareth Bale, and I hadn't really... Um, contemplated him prior, you know, in a big way. But if you look for what he was able to do for that five-year stretch, admittedly, only two of those seasons playing in the Premier League at Spurs. Um, but another one that could just bang from absolutely anywhere. Um, like, absolutely anywhere. Um, but, you know, but equally, Van Persie, the power we could generate as well for the left side, Van Persie. Well, and from anywhere as well, because yeah. some of those goals he scored for Arsenal, you know, and, and for yeah. United later on. I mean, you know, arguably Bale's probably the third best player in the world for three years, though, straight, but, and the third best when you've got Messi and Ronaldo on the scene. So for, for me, it'd be between those two. I think Van Persie had more genius to him, um, but as a just a pure strike, yeah, those two for me stand out. But people do love a lefty, don't they? They love the. Mm. I think. I mean, it's just because it's not. You know, how many, how many percentage people left foot versus right foot? Mm. It must be sort of seventy percent, thirty percent. Top of my head. So I think it's just a bit of fun. Whereas I think <clears throat> right foot's almost. You're talking about 
almost everyone on you. Mm-hmm. Whereas left foot, you the, the 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 players stick out, but right foot, you're thinking about almost anyone. It was a lot harder to poll the right footed um, uh, category. That's for sure. Because immediately, I mean, some of those left footed names come to mind straight away. So when you're trying to put four together, three or four, it's a bit easier with the than than the right foot. I mean, I, Van Persie just purely based on the fact that I think if you needed someone to out of the ball's dropping over your shoulder and you needed someone to just come up with an unbelievable left-footed strike. It w- I would have to go for Van Persie, I think. Yeah, I think from a technique perspective, definitely. Yeah. yeah. From a technique perspective, definitely. I think for brilliance, Bale for about 18, 24 months just was just a joke. And then I think obviously longevity, you'd have like a, a gigs there, just sort of mm. as in terms of dribbling ability with that left mm. foot, mm. ball stuck to his feet kind of stuff. Um but yeah, we'll, we'll probably we'll probably side on Van Persie there. Yeah. I think I'll put maybe David Silva, but he's probably um, more a player that would come up in other categories. To be fair to him, isn't he? Because of his guile and the sort of passing passing ability in his brain, really. Yeah, so. I'm not a huge David Silva fan, but I'll just face all the criticism for that. Um, but we'll, we'll so we'll go Van Persie, and we'll see if Van, and we'll see if my David Silva malaise of yeah can come up later some of those um later. compilation goals of van Persie as well i mean George, like, yeah, if you, yeah, if you yeah, if were to be well at some point we'll probably put together a top 10 like premier league iconic goals and he'll probably have two or three of them wouldn't he so yeah well and i think he suffered slightly up until obviously you know he, he was an arsenal side that wasn't winning stuff but meant most of his premier league career and then i think that you know the move to united gave him what he sort of craved and or deserved really as a player of that ability and because of that you think in that goal of Villa against Villa for United which over his shoulder you know that would be in there probably um who are we thinking for right foot who was in the pole right foot so well Shearer um Shearer was a huge um favorite who went on to storm his way um in the pole on Twitter uh, coming out with over half of the votes. Um, Gerard, 32%. Hasselbank, um, what a bullet of a right foot he had, um, with 11%. And then some others in the comments, we had Beckham. I think that was, I think Beckham comes up a lot later. He had, yeah, yeah he, he, he has a couple of the categories to himself. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, Beckham comes up a lot in the comments, to be fair. And Lampard gets a good shout, I think. Um, yeah, I think Shearer. If we're going on pure volume of goals, then yeah, it probably isn't an argument, I suppose. But this is a hard one, I think. This is a real hard one, this one, because you could say, well, why not someone like Aguero or, you know? Yeah, so. and I guess, I guess with by saying left foot and right foot, we are talking about shot, left shot, mm. left foot shot, right yeah. foot shot, because we've got passing, as you say later on, mm. and we've got crossing. So we are talking about shot. And because of that, you mm. know, you've probably got to have Shearer there. Uh, a little, little shout out, personal shout out for Rooney as well. Like early Rooney did some of those goals he spanked he's so lucky like Newcastle though that kind of goal where you just put it right foot just puts it straight through it laces it um, but yeah I think you can't really move far away from Shearer um, more right foot goals than anyone else in Premier League history so um, yeah. I presume by the way I've just made that stat up but given the fact he's the record goal scorer and he's right footed I'd be shocked if that's not the truth <laughs> so you know that's got to be true um, and yeah you know just spank balls to absolute ridiculousness uh, we're just um, obviously great header of the ball as well. But when you think of an Alan Shearer goal, you, you think of it sort of like ball coming across and just smashing into the roof of the net, then raising that arm, wheeling away, 
Mm. You almost think, I know it's not not in Newcastle show, but you know, like the England goal against Holland, where it comes across and you just smash it into the roof and that. And you kind of feel that way that that's just the sort of how he played football, just smashing the ball into the Mm. roof of the net. Um, Alan Shearer, yeah, fantastic player. Two goals that spring to mind, actually, when I think of Shearer, is obviously the volley against Everton. Everton, yeah. Uh, And also, for some reason, I think it might have been a free kick at Old Trafford. Yeah. He just smashes it top corner. Um, Again, I think that's another top of the corner, smashing the roof of, isn't it? Yeah, yeah just brilliant, brilliant. Um, but yeah, yeah, you, you're right in saying. I mean, <coughs> he actually, actually comes in our next category. He actually comes out on top in the in the header category by by a long distance. Actually, seventy six percent this time. Um, however, you know, Peter Crouch heads up that that. Um, excuse the pun. <laughs> um, yeah. the, the the stat in that in that area with I think it's forty headed goals. I might be wrong. I think um, what we have to do is think if we're thinking about a true Frankenstein, mm. you'd have to go Peter Crouch. Yeah, you'd have to because. If the ball's in the air, yeah, exactly. How do you beat someone that's what six foot seven? And yeah. Harold maybe is like, but debate. six foot seven, and then the proof is in the stats in terms of we just got. So like, if don't get me wrong, it, it, the power of Shearer, and, and we're, not, we're not comparing him as ability to footballers as strikers because we know where Alan Shearer's record stands for itself. But if you had a pure Frankenstein character, the, Peter Crouch heading balls, I don't know how you beat that. You know, mm-hmm. um, he was actually quite effective. Um, yeah, Peter Crouch probably. Has to get again, excuse the pun, the nod, um, you know, for that. But what what about a diff, great defensive header of the ball? If you think back as well, you know, there's we, we are thinking about the, uh, the one end of the pitch, but there's been some great defenders getting the ball. You know, things like a company getting his head on absolutely everything mm-hmm. when it matters. John Terry, John Terry, John Terry would be up there as well for me. Actually, has a good shout. Yeah, I mean, he scored his fair share of uh, headed goals as well, didn't he? He did. I wonder how many Premier League goals then he ended up with. I'm mm-hmm. sure he's like plus twenty. Plus. Isn't, he the, isn't he the most the uh, the highest scoring defender in Premier League history? I think. You certainly, yeah, I think I, I think he is, and he certainly will be the highest scoring centre back. I, I want to okay. throw I want to throw a a sort of a, a reason into the mix as to why maybe the our followers voted heavily in favour of Shearer here is maybe I guess trying to see it from another side of it is that the different types of headers Shearer could come up with. I'm thinking Crouch is that kind of a looping, looping header in the box that's not got a great deal of pace on it. Um, whereas Shearer could do those like, you know, diving headers, the, the massive bullet headers at the back post. So maybe that was why people um, voted in favour because of yeah. the more sort of diverse type of header that he, he would score. But no, I, I agree. I think, you know, if we're creating the Frankenstein, then... We have to go with who scored the most, um, and and height height but comes into it as well. Yeah, um, we've got pace as well. We've got mm, pace up mm. next. Well, speed, and this is another one. It's an interesting because <clears throat> again, if you want the out and out fastest player ever, uh, uh, there's always those numbers, isn't there? But people like Kyle Walker, Domitore, recently they've got they just hit some unbelievable numbers over that 20, 30 yards that they calculate them over. Um, is there is there actually a stat out there for the fastest Premier League player ever? I wonder I if it know, is. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Maybe someone can get in touch. I mean, they, they both they both appeared in our poll, um, and the the winner, I guess, explains the sort of reasoning behind people's voting. Where Henri comes out on top in that poll. Now, I'm I'm assuming, like I mentioned earlier, that it's because we're thinking as well about the way he used it. Um, you know, Adama Traore. That he's obviously he's well noted that he's not the most productive of players. Um, 
Carl and Carl Walker seems to be getting faster. I don't know about you, but he just seems to be getting faster. Um, but no, I mean, Omri, 55% for Omri there. Um, in the comments, we have uh, Stephen Graham gets in, got in touch as, as usual. Thanks, Stephen. Uh, got to be Omri. Uh, his brain was as quick as his feet. You also have the likes of Sterling and Walcott, not a bad shout, who are so quick and their brain just can't keep up. And that's why their final ball is awful. Um, Kieran Dyer, someone mentions. Uh, that's Rich Hull. And also Bellamy. Bellamy's not a bad shout, you know. Bellamy was very good with his, with his pace, swift. actually. Um, Again, the year before he we went to Madrid, Bale, someone like that just was just lightning at with their the best. Ball, you know, Bale was almost faster with the ball, wasn't he? You know? Yeah, just um, absolute motorbikes. Random, completely random name I want to throw him, Dennis Romadal. Yeah, very fast, I mean, very, very fast. Rapid. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I don't think you can pick a wrong one here. Like, <clears throat> there's no mm. wrong answer. You're just talking about incredibly fast players. I know he's only in the Premier League a little for like fleetingly before going uh, to Germany, but someone like Leroy, um, Sane, mm. Sane was incredibly fast. Mm. I guess um, we haven't we haven't got this average, average MPH stats. So without that, I would go for if I, again for the Frankenstein element from what I've seen. I would probably go for Adama Traore, you know. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to disagree. Uh, you could maybe, maybe, as you say, that that Kyle Walker thing is strange. How he's just getting fast, like he, he mm. literally feels like he's getting faster. Um, mm. but, you know, every time I see him. He'll get himself woefully out of position and then just suddenly be back and suddenly looking absolutely fine because he's just covered 50 yards in yeah. what feels like a nanosecond. And bearing in mind with this, the reason we're, we we sort of wanted to do this pod is because I don't much bearing in mind, he would be having, this Frankenstein player would be having all of the other elements to their game that we choose. So just because Adama Traore's productivity isn't the best in this in this fantasy oh, world that sure. we created, yeah, yeah. We, we're going to have we're going to have the head of Crouch. We're going to have the right foot of Shearer. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, there's that. That's that's important to note, really. So that's why I'd go for Adama. I've seen the this Traore and Kyle Walker both clocked over twenty three miles an hour. Mm. So, yeah, they're just lightning. Either of those, I think mm. we're, we're very. Um, I'm I'm going to go Kyle Walker just because I think it's it also it's like you said, it's just getting faster as he gets older, but. Mm. Either of those, we're talking absolute lightning bolts. Um, but with <clears throat> someone also mentioned that Henri had that strength as well as the pace, which is very true. Obviously, Henri phenomenal on the ball and probably better, as you said, in product than a lot of those. But strength was another category, wasn't it? The mm. strong men of Premier League history. And I get and again, this could be taken two ways because strength and or like hard men, you know, the classic like immovable objects or just pure muscle that you just couldn't knock over because that's mm. two very different beasts as well isn't it yeah i mean when we when we first tweeted out this category and gave just some options at the at first um there was we had a lot of yapstan why where is yapstan um and he actually ends up winning the poll um so we listen you know we do listen at hdr and mm-hmm. um yapstan went on to win the poll with 50% uh, we also had chris samba in there, you know, his um, beast at, at Blackburn, Yaya Torre, who I think um, he had so many other attributes. 
it's I guess that's one of the reasons why maybe he didn't do so well in the poll because we think of we don't you don't just think of him as just pure power when you think of Yaya. Um, we could move, could run with. Yeah, I mean Yapstan. Yapstan was a bit of a monster, to be fair. Big Duncan Ferguson in the chat. Um, For me, the 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 hardest player of Premier League history mm, is Duncan mm. Ferguson, without doubt. Mm. <clears throat> like you know, there's the guy was an absolute animal, absolute beast. Yeah, yeah it'd be a toss up between him and Perez, wouldn't it? But <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I think that's the one man that um, Duncan Ferguson said he's scared of. Yeah, Perez. Yeah. Well, fun, funnily enough, he was. Yeah, I think he used to be sort of have a have a slight injury knock when he used to come up against Pires. So there you go. Yeah, never, never played against Pires. Running scared, running scared. That's what it um, was. Mike Michael Essien is a decent shout, but um, shout as well for Drogba. Like you mm, know, so mm. strong nightmare for defenders. Um, you know, not not too often. Uh, defenders, central backs don't look in the this day yeah. and age in the modern game. And, and I would count Drogba as like the modern game, i.e. the last 20 years. You know, the game's got not softer, but it's certainly free kicks are easier to get awarded. You know, mm. there's certainly play doesn't go on. There's not as much rough and tackles. And yet Drogba still gave defenders nightmares. Um, so oh, it's interesting out. to think we're with Drogba, though. I think maybe I'd be wrong here. If you can think of anyone else earlier, Tom, then you can throw him in the mix. But I think Drogba was probably one of the first uh central strikers in the Premier League who had so much size and power yet at times would go over um with the slightest touch and I think, and I think that's what's held him back in this category really Drogba because he did have a tendency to to how they put it you know go over easy yeah a bit of a dive um, as well and a bit of a complaint yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't I can't think of anyone before that really no, no, not really. And he was not one that had a bit, a bit of pace about him as well, and a bit more guile than some. Because <clears throat> traditionally, the the big number nine would could be a bit of a lump as well. Could just be so you know, going back to mm. yesteryear, seventies, eighties, sixties, you know, whatever we want to go. Mm. But no, he had a bit of um, bit of pace, bit of power, nightmare for defenders. But equally, you're right. He could, he basically liked the roll around and complain. Mm. Mm. It wasn't that he went over seriously soft, but as soon as he did, he'd be screaming his head off as if yeah, and, and I think shot. inevitably that's probably why he uh doesn't he doesn't really make the poll really. Um Yapstan, yeah, I I, I think so. I mean, I, I I can remember, I mean, watching Chris Samba play though, you know, and it was like yeah, I remember him playing up against um I think it was Adebayor maybe or Van Persie a couple of times, obviously up for for Arsenal and um thinking, wow, like, how'd you get past this guy? Not the most mobile, but that's not the category. It's about strength. So on a bench press, I'd love to see Samba versus Stan. Another one I, we've got a friend there with that sort of similar mould is, is Sol Campbell. Mm, yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. Sol Campbell at his, uh, his yeah. absolute physical peak. Yeah, great show. Was yeah. a colossus, a man mounting, just a, a huge, huge guy. Um, so, yeah, you're talking, well, any, any, I'm, I'm happy with any of those, you know, Campbell's, Yap Stams, Chris Sambers, these guys are just you don't you don't really see them anymore. If you compare that mod that centre back <clears throat> to a modern, you know, we've just watched Arsenal last three or four weeks play all right, and we, we were actually really excited about our new centre back signing in Ben White. Now he's looking really great on the ball. If you compared them physically, stature next to Ben White, I mean, you know, it's yeah, scary, I mean, really, I mean. <clears throat> Maybe I think Pep Guardiola has a lot to say for this. I think in terms of his introduction into the Premier League and what he's brought to the how we defend in this country now and um, what centre backs look like. I mean, when 
I can remember like, you know, a few years back in their prime at Barca when it was almost like Mascherano was playing at centre back and yeah. it looked like a prime Beresi <laughs> um for Barcelona. And he's only what five foot five foot nine, something like that, maybe if that and um yeah, so I think I, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to tell any of these guys in the poll they haven't made it. To be fair, no. um, and just but, uh, just another shout out for the modern centre back. Obviously, a guy who sort of bucks that trend is Virgil Van Dijk, another absolute man mountain of a, of a player. Obviously, he has the speed as well. He's not like a lump at all. He's not like that. He's got the agility and speed, but just in terms of pure size and you know it has everything. But no, we're probably siding with a, a Stam or a. Cam. Yeah, I don't know. Is there a? I mean, we, we, we'll, we'll touch on this later because we, um, this evening we've actually asked our followers about who would be their current choice in the Premier League crop now, but we can, we can obviously mention that briefly at the end. But I wonder who, wonder what the, who the modern-day Stan is, really. I mean, someone like Tarkowski, maybe. Possibly. I mean, um, they, I don't think they exist anymore, really. No, they couldn't, why, yeah. I mean, they'd get turned inside out. Hmm. You know, someone like, you know, they would get turned inside out. Um, the agility, pace and athleticism of a... Virgil van Dijk mm. and this is this is the this but this is the great thing about sports it's the great thing about life but it's a great thing about sport certainly is that the reality is like someone like Virgil van Dijk there's no centre-back in, in Premier League history who could play at that level that it doesn't mean they're greater because the game demands different things now but it does mean that there's just like they couldn't play at that intent level of speed and pace they'd get absolutely you know balls in behind they'd get they'd get lost well, I think I think um, this is probably a podcast for another day, but I, I just think we've always said this about individual sports as well, not just football. But um, as the level goes up, I really think that I know we I know we often have rose tinted glasses and look back, but I'm looking at someone like Salah at the moment, and I'm thinking, well, has 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 this sort of level ever been reached before? I mean, like. It's easy for us to sort of have these debates and look back and look at the Omri's, for example, and Cantonars and Burkants. But as the play and as the demand gets greater and the players just become even more athletic and can do it more often, you know, it's. It, but I think obviously we, that's a debate for another day. But so, what, what did we have up next? Um, we had passing. Passing. I remember. I remember putting this together, this poll, and thinking, um, this is a tricky one because. Um, I feel that most of these mentions should be players that have played over the last sort of five to ten years, really, just because I think that midfielders now are insanely um, the range of passing now and just the amount of passing they have to make. I mean, that would be an interesting stat, wouldn't it? Like the average amount of passes that a midfielder makes now compared to like sort of like mid-2000s. Yeah, that's another one where the, the, pep, the pep effect. In yeah, terms of definitely. passes per, per game, mm. you know, would I be... mean, Rodri, like Rodri's numbers, I've been looking at this season, it's just <clears> disgusting, <throat> the amount of passes he's, he's making per, per 90 minutes. Um, but in, in the poll, we had Alonso, a wonderful passer of the ball. I mean, some of those raking balls. Um, Alonso, yeah. Yeah, That's De Bruyne. De Bruyne's obviously in there. De Bruyne actually wins the poll with 42%. Uh, Gerrard's in there. Uh, quite a few comments here. Um, Chris Kelly says skulls. We've got two guy from David Bradshaw. It's a nice little, nice little mention. Yeah. Um, Carrick, skulls again, skulls again. So yeah, interesting. Um, but De Bruyne, hard to, 
Hard to disagree with this one, I think. Um, I think for the reason you just said a minute ago about the range of passing. Mm. I think if you look at, and I know he's, he's slightly struggled on and off with injuries over the sort of last 18 months, um, but when he's at his best, the whole game will go through him because of the range of passing. So whether the game's going at a ferocious pace, whether the game's being slowed down, whether we're talking crosses, because he can actually go right now, he can whip crosses in as well, or when we're talking through balls, um, clearly obviously not necessarily important for a passing chat, but um, he can have a dig as well. I just think that the range of, of passing probably sets him aside. You think of Xavi Alonso's passing, you are thinking those ping 35 yards. Don't get me wrong, beautiful. Um, but but someone, anyone who's growing up and, and running a um, Pep Guardiola midfield can also sort of tick attacker as well. You know, short, sharp passing moves, spin around the corner, all of that kind of thing with De Bruyne. And I think that's what makes him a very special player because he can see all that. He can do what your great passes of the years gone by can do, but then you can flip it and play, play the other way as well. Um, mm. So, so yeah, for me, he probably is. Um, but equally, you want a cultivated ball that's pinged 35 yards. You want Steven Gerrard, Paul Scholes, Xavi Lonte. They, 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 they're still like, they, they look better than it. Those proper, beautiful, long-range passes. Yeah. I guess we have to keep going back to the fact that, again, Frankenstein element, the ball... You want a ball on a sixpence from sort of 60 yards. Who do you pick? Now, you could probably go for any of them, to be honest. You've actually, you've actually just convinced me that De Bruyne is, is the right choice based on the fact that, yeah, that the pace and velocity and the way, he can, the way he can deliver a pass at such a weird angle at times um, yes. just nicks it. I, I was going to throw in Alonso because I think that Alonso was a player that, would sit, you know, and he would he would dictate a game maybe more than a De Bruyne. But De Bruyne, the, the, the passing, like I said, the angles, the, the speed and velocity <clears throat> that he can pass the ball at from those angles, um, just nicks it, I think. But Alonso, like, Alonso was, um, I mean, he played for around the dream, didn't he? Sports, I mean, Sports goals, meme yeah. slash quote about the, the tree as well, isn't there? I think, like, um, Sports mm. goals would be my one of there if, if it wasn't, De Bruyne. Interesting reflecting as an Arsenal fan that through the years, even our great teams and stuff like that, I don't think we ever had a player that was renowned for their passing ability. You know, yeah, Cesc to a certain extent, but also that was more the tic-tac as opposed to the ranging balls. Um, just in the same way that you've had a Steven Gerrard, Javi Alonso or Paul goals, you know, that sort of general 35-yard pings all the time. We've never had that player. Um, mm. Even in our really successful teams, just it wasn't a play we kind of had. But he was uh, arguably that could ping a ball, but not not the same way. Um, just interesting, even through those title winning sides. What else do we have? We we had leadership up next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just trying to grab the. Uh... <clears throat> I think there's some classic names there. I think there's <laughs> yeah Roy, Roy Keane. Does Roy Keane come out on top? I think he does, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roy Keane does take the poll with 43. percent um, I. As you know, obviously, with Twitter polls, you have to have sort of, well, you can have four outright, but I wanted to have just three, and then people could obviously put some in the comments just to make it a bit more open-ended, really. And I've got Adams, Keane, and Terry. Um, And then in the comments, we had, well, actually, people just agreement with those three, really, to be honest, giving reasons why. Um, And Roy Keane comes out on top. I mean, three incredible leaders, I think, to be honest, you know what? I don't. I disagree, um, because 
I think that if I was to create the ultimate player, I would want the lead, personally, I would want a leader that wasn't as, well, how can we put it? Mm, not critical of their teammates or antagonistic, but not as fearsome, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, which is why I would prefer someone like an Adams, to be honest, or a Terry. Um, I think, I, I personally think um, it's a toss-up between Tony Adams and Roy Keane. And my, my pitch for either is the sense that Tony Adams was a leader throughout his life. Like if you look at how young he was made Arsenal captain, I think he's made captain, Arsenal captain at, was it, 20 years old? May have even been younger. Similar to Terry. Anyway. Maybe may have even been younger, actually, for Tony. Mm. Um, I'll find that out. It's poor. I don't know. He might have even been 18. But um, he also, in that, you know, the, the Arsenal back four became very famous, the Arsenal back four that he led. He was the only sensible, well, the only player to captain a side to three title wins in three different decades. That's incredible. He captained Arsenal to a title in the 80s, the 90s, and the 2000s. That's that's a, that's insane. Um, you could also argue that the famous back four became so famous for being a defensive unit. And yet, as we know from our, our England caps um, pod the other day, the players that you're playing with didn't actually get very fated in the game, you know, whether it was Steve Bold or, or Keogh next to him. And Winterburn and Dixon, we all know they're good players. We all love them as Arsenal fans. But it was Tony Adams back four that held all of that together. And it was Tony Adams was the was the leader of it. He is still referred to as Mr. Arsenal because of his leadership. And for me, that is the case for Tony Adams. What I would say about Tony Adams is that he was an incredible centre-back. He wasn't that fast, as we were just talking about a minute ago. The, the, the game in the 80s and 90s didn't necessarily determine you needed that. But he was a great, great reader of the game. Now, the reason that's an argument against him is because when you compare that to Roy Keane, I personally think Roy Keane isn't a fantastic footballer. He was very good. He did certain things very well. But he was part of that Man United team that dominated football because of his leadership, not because he was a brilliant, brilliant centre mid, not because he's one of the best centre mid. I'm going to grab this for the teaser. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, do, do you know what I mean? So that's the argument for Roy Keane in a way. Is that you could, like he was a very very good footballer, but was he? You know, Man United were one of the best teams in the whole of the world, or certainly in Europe in, in the nineties. You know, they were winning title after title, and obviously culminating in the treble. Um, Roy, and you could argue that Roy Keane was one of their less skilled footballers, but he was there because of his leadership. So that's the argument for Roy Keane for me. Whereas I think if you look at John Terry, our other our third one here, John Terry was a fantastic centre back. Clearly, was a good leader. But he was also just around phenomenal footballers in that Chelsea year period of success. And I just kind of feel like even if, if, if even if Lampard was captain for a lot of that year, it's 10, same 10 years, I'm not sure how much how much different Chelsea's path is, pathway. Whereas if you look at Arsenal and Man United through those few years, I think they needed their, their captains more, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I would have Adams or Terry over Keane in this category. Um because they are more reliable, actually. I, I think they're more reliable. I mean, I don't remember. I don't remember Adams ever going out to person to going out to actually injure someone. 
um, and and getting sent off multiple times for silly thing. I, I I wouldn't want that. And and and, and Keen Keen might you know Keen might appear in maybe another category that's a little bit more something you know like um, if we had a category for nasty man or you know then yeah. then yeah then, maybe. We're, then we're going Tony Adams yeah, if you're I between so. Tony Adams and Terry then I think, so. <clears throat> I think and like I said Tony Adams captain of three title wins in three different decades obviously you can be captain to ask for more titles than that um but just led beyond the leaf had what 60 odd england caps just yeah just a brilliant yeah, brilliant leader yeah a leader of men i think more reliable there we go and called a mr arsenal for a reason ultimately mm. um we also had next up was tricks who was the the, <laughs> the skills that pay the bills of this category yeah um, I, I, the, and the reason this is so good, and so we're not necessarily talking about the most like skillful on the ball again. We're not talking about the best dribbler. We're talking about who had the tricks, yeah, who exactly. had those flicks that made you stare, made you fall in love with the game. Who was the Premier League's Ronaldinho? Essentially, is what we're looking at. Well, there's the rose-tinted glasses are on here. I mean, everyone. Most people were in agreement. Seventy-two percent. JJ Acocha. Um, so good they named him twice. Um, I think. Yeah, I mean, there's that clip, isn't there? The game against us at the Reebok um, when he's sort of uh, taking the mick out. I think it might have been Parler actually. Yeah, um, it's I mean, the ball goes out of play, but just yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, I mean, that's the soccer, yeah, and we won't genius. we won't talk about how that game panned out either. But that's yeah. um, soccer AM, isn't it? That clip on soccer AM they used for the yeah. for their little show showboat bit. Um, Joe Cole interestingly did quite well in the in the power. People oh. forget early Joe Cole though. Joe yeah, Cole early I, on was in my mind when I was doing when I was sort of not vote we're not voting for this but when I was putting this together Tom like I was thinking of players that if you gave them a ball they would be able to do something that you're just like whoa that was ridiculous and Joe Cole was quite skillful but not I wouldn't say he was like a tricks master like a Yannick Balassi for example yeah. do you know what I mean? What about Adele? Streets won't forget. Yeah, I was, I was, I mean, I'm surprised that it didn't really come up in the. I mean, he was, he was, I was going to put him in instead of Joe Cole, but then we, we had a few Joe Cole comments in the original tweets. I thought I'll bung Cole in there, but Tarapt, um, yeah, St. Maximin gets a vote. I, think about the, I just think Adult's about like the, the, the ability was so off the chart. I loved him so much. Like, yeah. um, I think you're right. It has to be JJ Akotra because yeah. it's just, fun like who does that tries to do that in the pitch what he used to try and do and also you've got i think what's so cool is the, the juxtaposition as well he's that he's that yeah bolton doing this yeah you know bolton under sam halladice what is i was that? gonna say yeah like big big sam's um you know, yeah. exactly you know kevin nolan kevin mm. davies and jj Akocha. Mm. like this is, you know you've got you've got to love it for that reason if if, if only mm. um yeah brilliant brilliant um, we've, got, we've got two categories next where, frankly, one man dominates and one man should dominate for my money. Um, first up, crossing and then free kicks. Whichever way you want to take it, one man's going to dominate and that man is Mr. David Beckham. But a crossing, I guess, could be uh, could be more an interesting one slightly. I mean, free, free kicks, there's been some great free kick takers and we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but if you look at the stats, it's just not close. Um, but crossing, there's also like beating a man to a cross, that kind of thing, not just the ability to cross the ball. And that's where we, you know, someone like a Kevin De Bruyne of recent times would be really up there. Um, mm. But it's just hard to look past David Beckham for crossing free kicks. Yeah, he's just synonymous, isn't he, with with 
whipping balls in, really. Um, yeah, and, and so I, I genuinely, the more I look back on his career and what he's become since, like, I think underrated. I think there was a time when he was slightly overrated because of all his, um, the off-field and fanfare. But actually, I think you and I were in a, you know, we, we'd been out a few a few months ago and we were in a bar and he was showing some retro David Beckham's, all his goals for Man United. The volume of them that were free kicks, but also just great, great, great goals. The guy was a very, very, very good footballer. And I think, you know, I, I, can't, I, don't, I don't know how many free kicks has he scored. Would we have to look it up? Because it's way more than any other person in the list. Yeah, right. and, and I don't I don't remember. I mean, obviously, someone like a De Bruyne is a great free, t- free kick taper, but I don't remember... Beckham ever sort of like putting them into like Rose Ed at all, or you know, it was it was the the accuracy. I mean, I want to mention a few names, I guess, that won't appear anywhere near the likes of Beckham, but I think are really good deliverers of the ball that are quite might be a bit more cult and a bit more low-key. But someone like um Mark Albrighton, who's a great crosser of the ball for years in the Premier League. Um Sebastian Larson, who's very good at free kicks as well. Very good free kick, James. Morton Gantz Pedersen, quite very cult. Um and so, yeah, a strange. I mean, Trent, Trent at the moment is obviously Trent from a crossing perspective. Yeah, could could do but, very well in the years to come. Put himself in the conversation from a crossing perspective, mm. um, not from a free kick perspective, but from a crossing perspective. Mm. Um, and the numbers he puts up in terms of chance creation, cross crosses per game, that kind of thing, yeah. he could well put himself in that debate, which I like. Um, yeah, free kicks, you know, from yesteryear, people like Dennis Irwin, Ian Hart, like you said, you, you get far less of that, far less of your defenders. A fullback used to love a free kick. I know they still do in some portions, but if you look back in the Premier League history, they used to really love a free kick. Well, we, we saw a great one yesterday from Trent, didn't we? Yeah. 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 I mean, like, that's why that's why I think Trent's almost, you know, he's an outlier at the moment. If you look at, like, chances created, shots, crosses... He is just simply not a right back. You know, he is not even a wing back. He's basically a mid attacker. And that's the kind of numbers he puts up. It's a scary, scary thing. Don't get me wrong. I think Trent's got work to do. But I, I say this, I don't say this lightly. I think he's so, such a great chance of being generational in the fact of changing the role on the pitch. Not many players get to do that. But it's almost that Danny Alves relentless forward threat, threat relentless. Mm. Um, so, yeah, he, he can be well up there over crossing. I think if you had to say it today, you can't really look past David Beckham for either of those two categories. Yeah, definitely. For I mean, I'm looking at some free-kick numbers here. Um, Larson, I mentioned. Ward-Prowse, very good free-kick taker. Yeah, very good. Um, Ronaldo's up quite high, but I'm not having that. I mean, I, I've seen way too many of his free-kicks just go in and go absolutely nowhere. Um, yeah, I mean, it's worth, it's worth a shout here, Cristiano Ronaldo. He's obviously got the famous ones. Yeah, know, one. I'm talking. Um, if we're talking efficiency, we know. Yeah, we know, if you want, so if you want, if you need to score a free kick from 30 yards to save your life, or we've got this Frankenstein robot taking it, hmm. there's absolutely no way that you should be picking Cristiano Ronaldo above David Beckham. Exactly. You know, I mean, it's just not. I happening. mean, I mean, I'm looking at some names here. I'd have over Ronaldo, Sigurdsson, um, Ashley Young. Ashley Young, very good deliver of the ball, to be fair. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've got to have golden balls. I mean, yeah, he's got to be in there just, just for the like, like you said, the sheer volume, but also the accuracy as well. Like, yeah, how yeah. many got? How many have you got it there? How many he scored? How many? Free Not appearing ones? on this list. I think with with the, it's um. Let me have a quick Google because yeah. you know. The, the, this is a this is the the Premier League's site where they're not really um. 
they're going on only from a certain date onwards. But um, Chris Brunt, great shout. Yeah, he's just smashed him, But Beckham as well, like you, again, like you mentioned Here a minute ago, it's almost like where wherever it was from as well. You know, you remember, do you remember those ones? You remember those ones you used to take where a left footer would usually take it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd whip them into the far corner, like. Yeah, 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 completely. Um, David Beckham had 18, 18 direct Premier League goal with free kicks. Mm, okay, well, Ronaldo's on nine, so that tells you something. Next best is 12, Zola and Omri. I might be looking at a list that's a couple of years old. But oh, no. yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're right. I've got Larson on 11. Yeah, Omri and Zola is 12. Ward Prowse on 10. And Beckham's got 18. That just shows you, and 18 still doesn't sound like a huge number, but it's already 30% more than he I wonder was. what Trent's numbers are. <clears throat> I'm also looking at three kick minutes per goal. So Thierry Henry, we can all accept, is one of, if not the, but one of the Premier League's greatest ever players. And he scored 12 Premier League free kicks. That's fantastic. A striker he used to score goals for fun. And minutes per direct free kick goal for Thierry Henry was 1,776. But David Beckham is 1,198. That's nearly, what's more than 500 minutes less per free kick goal. Yeah. The volume was, for someone like, you're comparing Thierry Henry, the goals he scored versus that, David Beckham is ridiculous. Talk, talking of Omri there, though, I, I think Omri was a player that, it's relevant to this chat, but he was probably the first player in the Premier League to, particularly striker, where the expectation level was that a striker now has to be able to do everything. Yeah, and, um, and well, I, I'm going to make the point already, we're going to talk about the last category of penalties, hmm. but the two greatest Premier League players of all time, are almost certainly, but, you know, um, Cristiano Ronaldo and Thierry Henry. Hmm. And yet we're not picking them in any category here. But I think that's because they were so good in all of these categories. They could just like, do everything, yeah. They could do everything. And that's the whole point. You know, and, then that, and that takes that that almost takes the focus away, then, doesn't it, from that one specific category? It, it takes the focus away. And it does and it just means that <clears throat> so was Thierry Henry a better free kick taker than David Beckham? Well, no. But look, then let's look at the penalty list or the dribbling list or the goals list or the assist list. And like Henry will be above. Henri will be in the top three or four for all of these categories. And that's what's so phenomenal. You know, so we're taking the Frankenstein of the number one in these character, um, categories. But yeah, um, it's just really interesting to me that Ronaldo and Henri don't appear in either um, for us as mm. picks, but that's fine. Mm. Um, yeah, shit. I mean, Premier League penalty taker, who would you want on the spot? Well, we had a poll quite close, actually. Um, I had We had Shearer, Letizia. I put Milner in there just for a bit of bit of banter while well, if James is listening with his cup of tea at home um, and in the comments we've got Julian Dix <laughs> Dennis Irwin David Unsworth who I think that was a good shout to be fair, he was a very good penalty taker um, from left back and centre back at times but Letitia takes it just ahead of Shearer um, I think we we said before the pod didn't we, we, we were always going to go for Letitia with this one, purely a little bit similar to the sort of Beckham agreement really again, you know yeah, I mean, you've got a few great penalty takers. I think the the, the most, um, the perfect record is Yaya Torre scored, I think it's 11 from 11, never missed a Premier League penalty. So you can't get better than never missing. But he obviously only took 11. Mm. Matt Letizia took, I think, 25 or 26, and he only ever missed one. That is unbelievable. Like, <clears throat> the volume of penalties and to only ever miss one is is frankly scary. Just you know that many penalties. Danny Murphy is another great penalty taker. Scored a lot of goals across Liverpool, Fulham, wherever else he played. Um, but no, for me it has to be Littis. 
just the ease of which he just felt the ball into the back of the net, clean strike, heavy strike, whatever he wanted to do. Mm. Um, Matt yeah. here was a phenomenal penalty man. Another one, actually, we didn't really speak about free kicks, but obviously could take a really great free kick as well. But no, he was taking your penalties all day for me, Matt here. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Um, I think Something again really- that, like, you look at the, again the two greats of Henri and Ronaldo, and don't get me wrong, they've all sm- they've smashed their fair share of penalties. But they've also missed a few. They didn't have a record like Man yeah, and, and <laughs> neither neither of them, neither of those two players were penalty experts, free kick experts. You know, and and I think that uh, Letizia was definitely one of those. And um, I'd fa- I'd like him on pens at Arsenal at the moment, to be honest. But no, not half, <laughs> not half. Well, it's, it's a funny, but penalties are odd, aren't they? We know how odd they are. I mean, the greatest football that's ever graced the, the planet isn't the best penalty taker, Messi. Like he's not. Like he's missed a fair few. Like, like it's just it's a it's so weird that something I won't say so simple because I've never stood up and um, took a penalty in front of thousands and thousands of people, but something relatively so simple for a fo- professional footballer to hit the ball from twelve yards. And yet, it's, it's a particular skill. It's simple as that. Mm. You know, it's a particular I think, skill. I think there's an element as well of as games evolved and, and data and how coaches now can prime their goalkeepers. I do think that's maybe had an element of... Yeah, um, and, and also, frankly, the quality of goalkeepers yeah, as well. Exactly. The, the, you know, goalkeepers are phenomenal now. Yeah, a lot um, more, they're a lot more agile. They've got a lot more data to back up where they, you know, their choice of movement and stuff. Ainsley, but, Maitland, Niles should be mm. taking penalties at Arsenal. Mm. Um, if you like a penalty compilation of someone who likes to take a cheeky and relaxed penalty, get yourself on YouTube and watch Ainsley Maynard and Niles if you've not seen his penalties before, ladies and gents. Um, just, mm. just top bins. Well, I think as well with time. with this as well, this category, it's, it's it's very much a mental thing, isn't it? Like obviously with Maitland Niles, you know, there's been four or five really nice, cool, relaxed ones, but I can't. Joke, it's very funny, none, none of them. Um, a few of them have been like you know your kind of preseason games or Carabao Cup or so it is a, yeah it is like a fourth fifth round of the Carabao Cup is not the same as yeah exactly you know, Saka stepping up for England in the Euros it's just not the same level of pressure and you know and it's not an easy thing to do to take a penalty so um, this this was an interesting reply we had from from Adam Bateman um, we asked earlier who would you choose from your current crop from sort of six or seven of the categories that we've discussed this evening. Um, We've got Adam says heading. He's got Callum Wilson, speed Adam Armstrong, strength Lukaku, left foot Greenwood, right foot Ronaldo, skills Traore, and passing Rodri. Interesting. Yeah. Rodri. Head of KDB as well. Mm, mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to give a shout out. Rodri's, Rodri's passing numbers this season. Yeah, the passing numbers are a joke. You really are a quick joke, a joke, you know. The, the, but again, that's that pe- the pep effect. Mm. You know, the pep effect is unbelievable. I'm going to give a quick shout out to an FPL account called FPL Fella who tweeted this in. This is not the perfect player, but it's just an interesting debate. I'm going to give, give it to you as a off-the-cuff, almost counter-attack challenge. Um, he's a big West Ham fan, FPL player. Um, and he's uh, jokingly, tongue-in-cheek, I won't say he's suggesting this, but he's comparing the West Ham team of today versus the Leicester side who won the title in 15-16. Because obviously some people said, oh, how far can West Ham go this year? And so I'm just going to read out the 11 he's put. Although he's put Schlupp in the Leicester 11, and I think that's... I'm going to might change that for exactly because Schlupp didn't really start. But well, apart from that, uh, I'll say who just who you're having between the two. So, Schmeichel or Fabianski? He's, uh, he's assuming that West Ham are going to go and win the league. <laughs> he's, you say tongue in choke he's comparing. To be fair, in his, re- re- I think, replies to other people, he's clarifying he's not saying that. Yeah, just, yeah, okay. Um, the two goalkeepers. Yes, yeah, Sh- Sh- Schmeichel, Fabianski. Schmeichel. Um, 
Simpson or Kufal? Simpson Kufal. So, uh, so far. Yeah. Um, who for Ogbonna? Ogbonna. Morgan or Zuma? It's the leadership thing for Morgan for me. That's the problem. Like, I'd say Zuma's a better centre half. He's got. I think he's more talented. He's a better centre half, more talented. But Morgan was Morgan. But like, yeah. Um, Fuchs or Cresswell? Cresswell. <clears throat> Kante or Rice? It's a bit unfair to Rice because Rice is obviously a top top player. This is this. Um, by, by the way, like my choices are just making like Ranieri's achievement even more disgusting. Yeah, yeah, completely. completely. <laughs> um, sorry, what was that last one? Um, Kante or Rice? Kante, although you know how much I rate Rice. Yeah, exactly. And that's not to say Rice is never a phenomenal eighteen months. It's just for yeah. three or four seasons. Oh, yeah. I mean, Kante's been arguably best midfielder on the planet like, for, yeah, two, for, for, like, for about seven or eight years. So, yeah, yeah, since this year, really. Yeah. So, um, drink water or Suket. Oh, you should have you should have done drink water with rice and it would have been. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, he was being fair because he um, loves rice. Yeah, as well. I know, no, yeah. yeah. That's fair. Um, Suchek. Or Brighton or Bowen. Bowen. He's then he's put Schlup or four hours, but I think Ogazaki played more minutes really, but Or now, I mean, it's like West Ham side. Nearly. Yeah, but the last two for me have to go Leicester, though. So it's yeah, Mares or Ben Rama. Yeah, of course, and then Vardy or Antonio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vardy yeah, and Antonio. Yeah, yeah. So that what that says is, doesn't it, that they had a great goalkeeper, um, and they had and they had two fantastic players up front, and I think that and, and what, Kante. What, yeah, and, and Kante. It's the yeah. spine, isn't it? You know and what what um what he did. What, to be honest, I think. The best, the best, not not the best achievement of that Leicester side, but if you look at with Huth and Morgan, I mean, yeah. like, yeah, so that's why I said Morgan. Although I think you're right, Ogbonna and Zuma are, are better players, mm. Mm. but Huth Morgan, what they created, and Morgan's sort of like that year was just playing out of his skin. Uh, but you're but you're right. What what this Leicester side had, they basically had. Very good players playing out of there. Don't worry, it's a miracle. We can't get sidetracked because it's a pod by itself. Um, they had very good players who created this unbelievable ethos. They got incredibly lucky with the state of the league that season. But they also essentially had two or three like world, world-class players in Kante and Mares at that time. You know, like you just ballers. Mares won the player of the year and Kante could have easily won it. You had the two best players in the league playing for you. And you had Jamie Vardy, which is who wanted who scored like what was it 11, 12 Premier League goals in a row? Like it's just incredible miracle. But anyway, I thought it was just fun because he's thrown out there and it's like yeah, yeah no, so it's it's quite a good and also it's just quite um quite topical at the moment, isn't it? Because West Ham are West Ham are continuing to just I mean we, we I remember the conversation we had when Moyes got reappointed. We were almost like laughing at it, you know, and, and I am completely in the um I'm completely got my head in the set, you know, back in Back on my uh, back on my step, really, with this one because um, he he's just doing an incredible job. Yeah, I, what I would say, and you mentioned it briefly a minute ago about the Leicester season and the landscape of the league that year. That the landscape of the league this season, although it is a bit messy, you know, we are seeing some results, but I think the level is just a lot higher in general, and, and oh, I, it, I think it, that's it why that's why what West Ham are doing in a way is even more more impressive. Yeah, yeah, completely, and I think the level now is. <coughs> The level now, anyone can beat anyone this year, but equally the top teams are still playing well. So mm. what I think you had in 2015-16, you had this weird, strange situation where the average quality in the league was lower than it is now. 
but you had the top three or four teams all just have a, a horribly transitional. I mean, we, we finished second year. that season and we weren't exactly. Well, I mean, you know, we, <clears throat> we, yeah, we were two points clear on New Year's Day. And then Drew went like, like two, happen, <laughs> yeah, and Drew went out two months and didn't win, didn't score yeah. a goal. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, no, it's a bit of fun there. Topical in terms of comparing player for player after we've just compared the uh, Frankenstein element. So we've gone to summarize left foot, we've probably signed towards Van Persie, right foot, right foot shot, Shearer, Thumper, header, just because how do you beat Peter Crouch in the air? Not necessarily because he was the best header of a ball, but how do you beat him? He scores all those goals. Speed, sort of leaning towards a Triore or a, a Kyle Walker. Strength, probably signing towards a sort of Yap Stam, again, just from pure strength as opposed to hard man. Passing range, such a difficult one. Probably siding with the, the, the diversity of passes that Kevin De Bruyne could pull together. Leadership, we've gone Tony Adams. Tricks, flicks and fun, JJ Kocha. Crossing and free kicks, it's obviously only one man, Mr. David Beckham. And step forward, Matt Letizia, to take a penalty for you. Um, it's not a bad player, that, if you put all those pieces together. Yeah, and with the January window on the horizon. <laughs> get, get him in. Uh, if you put all of those aspects together, you might yeah. have yeah. Thierry Henry. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I was, I was going to say, if we could, if this could actually happen, well, Newcastle was probably the only club that could afford them. <laughs> well, quite. Well, see, I'm, I'm so, so intrigued by their, by their well, January. We, I think we're going, to have, we're going to have a podcast coming out on that, Tom, aren't we, for Newcastle's January window, what that might look like? We are indeed. We're going to have a Newcastle one. Um, take a, If you like your comedians and fun and games as well, stick stick close to HTO little surprise for you in the coming weeks um, keep on listening keep on following um, we are available on your Apple your Spotify wherever else you like to get your podcasts get them in your ears um, thanks for listening take care all see you later guys see you later guys